I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Tell Me A Tales Podcast. We're back with another conversation this week. And this week's guest is Aish Bessem. More on her in a second. I'm actually uh, bringing you this episode from Berlin. It's Thursday over here in Berlin. And um, Berlin Marathon's in three days. So it's getting pretty close and I'm starting to get pretty excited. But it's been quite strange being over here in Berlin. I've been here since Sunday. Uh, staying in this kind of nice little Airbnb studio in one of the suburbs of Berlin, but I've been solo, so my partner Carly comes in this weekend, and yeah, it's been a bit weird being alone for so long, I think I've been alone now for five days, and um, haven't really had much human interaction because I obviously can't speak German, it's been um, quite strange to be in such solitude on the other side of the world from all the people I'm used to hanging around. Um, but it's been good to kind of let life slow down a bit and not have much to do each day and just to do some really deep thinking about life and um, just trying to get into that creative mind a bit and do a bit of writing and thinking has been been really good for me, I think. So I'm um, looking forward to Carly getting here this weekend and looking forward to racing and yeah, I'm really excited about a few of the ideas that I've come up with while I'm over here. Anyway, let's get to this week's guest, Aish Bessem is someone who really has intrigued me for a while now. Um, I was really grateful that she came around to my house in Melbourne for a chat and had the opportunity to sit down with her and have a good chat about plant-based diet and her entrepreneurial ways and um, that kind of startup business kind of model and just you know taking risks in her life to do things that she's passionate about. I first came across Aish when she opened up a cafe in Chukamalama called The Sweet Meadow. The Sweet Meadow is a plant-based health bar. It's uh, 100% plant-based, so we're talking like no milk for coffees, no animal products, eggs, um, you get the drift. So when she kind of opened this cafe, you know, a lot of people probably thought she was a bit crazy. Chukamalama doesn't have a huge following for plant-based food, and um, you know, obviously we don't have the big numbers that cities do. So. To open up this cafe was quite a risk, but it's definitely paid off for her. We've um, we've been there a few times. We go there a bit, quite honestly, and yeah, she's dominating. Every time we go there, it's 
pretty packed and it's um, yeah really good vibe and really good food. Um, Aisha's core truth is pretty simple and it's based on the understanding that plant-based food is medicine. If you've listened to all my podcasts you'll know that it's something I've been experimenting with during 2017. Um, I've had very little animal products and have felt a lot better than I did last year. Last year I had a pretty rough year and wasn't running well, wasn't training well and was pretty down in the dumps and some blood tests kind of indicated that and I uh, watched some docos and read some books and then I kind of thought I had nothing to lose and life could only get better and yeah, since I've cut out the animal products, it could be could be that or a number of things, I'm not saying it's this way or the highway, but um, I've felt great this year, I've trained better than I ever have, um, I think I recover better and in general I just seem to have more energy and my, um, my blood tests this year definitely show that there's been significant improvements. Uh, with this chat with Aisha, I really wanted to just hear about her journey and unpack some of her the, the misconceptions, I guess, that she has had to address when starting up this plant-based health bar and talk about things like diet and startups and um, I really guess taking risks in your life. That's something that I really think is evident that what she's done and she's followed her heart and she's followed something she's passionate about and I think that's pretty inspiring. Anyway, enjoy this chat with Aisha Bessem. And um, actually, before I go, don't forget to check out her, her website and Instagram and blog. There's some really good um, and insightful and thought-provoking kind of things on there. Enjoy this chat, guys. Cheers. Welcome to uh, Tell Me Your Tales podcast. Thanks for coming around to my house in Moema. It's uh, been raining all day. It's kind of a good, cosy day to be inside. It's awesome. It's been an awesome day. And yeah. Yeah, you've got a really good setup here. I was just admiring the veggie garden. Obviously, vegan. Yeah, not much going vegan. in, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks awesome. So you're a winter person over a summer person? Oh, you know what? I love all the seasons. I just sort of get sick of each of them by the end of it. Like three months is a long time, but I am excited to see the end of winter. Like it's been freezing. I think it's been all right though. Like I think it hasn't been, I know running wise, I'd prefer like the icy mornings and the good days over the constant rain and kind of being a bit warmer. So yeah, yeah, that's true. It's been interesting. Hey, what I usually do is I usually get the guests to introduce themselves. So do you mind Mm -hmm. giving us a bit of context about who you are, what makes you tick? No kind of pressure wherever you want to go with it. Yeah, awesome. Well, my name's Aisha. I've recently opened a cafe in Echuca. Um It's a plant-based cafe, so a vegan cafe. Um, and I, yeah, I didn't realize how much of a risk it was actually until I opened it and, and got a lot of feedback from people around. But yeah, before that I was working in marketing um, and as, as much as I enjoyed what I was doing, I felt like that wasn't why I was here. I sort of got into this 
kind of like Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Um, and then you really, I think I went, yeah, I went away overseas for two months and loved it, but I came back and I'm like, you can't live your life waiting for a holiday. Like I felt like that's where I was. Um, so yeah, it's been nine months since I've had the cafe open and it's just, yeah, I was saying to you before we started, I've just learned so much and it's been such a, um, a roller coaster of a journey. But yeah, it's, it's funny. I was looking through some of your podcast titles um, and it's sort of road to Berlin and lots of fitness things. And like this one is nothing like that. Like I can't even get on the road to the gym, you know. Like, <laughs> no, don't worry but, um, about that. That's yeah, good. so very much it's, it's been awesome. I'm so happy that I chose Achuka to do this kind of business. Um, because there's so many people connected to health and connected to nature, nature, fitness. That's my kind of clientele. Like as much as I'm a, you know, a hardcore vegan, hundred percent, I try not to push that a lot in my marketing message with this business. Like I, I don't want it to be exclusive to only plant-based eaters. And I love that the fact that most of my customers aren't vegan or vegetarian, but it just opens their mind up to the options that there are. And um, so I'm super stoked that that's the community I'm in. Lots of people tell me, oh, if you went to Fitzroy, you know, you'd be, you'd be packed out every day. And I'm like, yeah, but they've got that. Like, I'm very passionate about country living yeah. and we're not behind. And, you know, we don't go to work riding a kangaroo. Like, we're, we're very modern and we want the same things that city people want. So I feel like I shouldn't have to be forced to move away to do what I want to do. I feel like I can just do something really special where I am. Yeah, right. So you grew up on a farm in Kai. So yes. it was a decision to start the cafe in Echuca a no-brainer over Kai or why not Shep? Oh, 100%. Or what, why for, yeah. What for Echuca? I kind of, I, 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 when I was doing my kind of forecasting, I just sort of knew I wouldn't be able to support myself living out of home. Yeah. So then that kind of cemented the fact it's got to be nearby, like within a, you know, 60 kilometre radius. So I was actually, yeah, it was more between Echuca and Shepherd and just because of, the foot traffic, like Kyabram itself is, well, my landlord says this to me, it's kind of on the way to nowhere. Like you've got no reason to go to Kai really. So um, yeah, it was out of those two. And honestly, with, this is my marketing background, but I just looked at the demographics of Echuca and Malama and I just thought that was a better fit. Even though Shepparton's a bigger municipality, like Greater Shepparton's about 60,000 yeah. people compared to Echuca Malama, which is about 14,000. So yeah, I thought, oh, I was tossing a turn. I've got heaps more contacts in Shepparton and lots more of a support network. But I just think for the business idea, it had more legs in Echuca. And it, honestly, I think it was the river that got me in the end. Like, I just feel like more people are connected to the river because it's in Echuca and they're the people that are like you that are running on Sundays. And it's just that kind of mentality that was what I was after. Yeah. Take me back to before... Asia at the Sweet Meadow, like so. What so working yeah. corporate job marketing you just touched on before? What was yeah. in Melbourne or like, no? Yeah. It was in Shepherd and Greater okay. Shepherd in City yeah. Council. But I, while I was working there, I went vegan, um, and I originally only did it for like a, a one month detox thing. Like I just thought oh, I just I feel a bit off. It, it's almost like some people do juice fasting or they stop like dry July. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was like a thirty day thing in my mind. But when once I got to the end of the thirty days, I just felt way too good to stop um and then here we are now four years later and i'm still doing like i can't imagine myself not being vegan um and i was trying to explain this to someone the other day i think when you go vegan and you start to really enjoy the lifestyle you question all the other beliefs that you had before like just initially it's diet related like you know you need 
you need dairy for calcium and you need steak for protein. And when you realize that you don't need that, I started to really question everything. Like, is this what I really want to do in my life? Am I really passionate about this? As much as I loved marketing and it was events marketing and arts marketing like it was fun yeah, yeah. it wasn't like i was working on sort of boring projects but it's not what got me out of bed in the morning um and yeah i, I think at the, around the same time i started to really get into baking my own sweets it started with sweets hence sweet is in the name yeah, of the yeah. business um and i started to share a lot of that on my own just personal social media especially on instagram and got a little bit of a following going and i'd get people that are new saying to me, oh, my, these look so good, like you need to start a cafe. And it almost, as just cheesy as this sounds, it, sound, it happened sort of like organic, like it didn't feel forced in any way, but it was just like that's naturally the next step in the equation mm. is to open up the space. Um, and so that's, I started really seriously thinking about it in 2015, but I knew I wanted to, or I'd already booked an overseas holiday at that time, so this is two years after I'd been vegan. Um, and so I went on this holiday, amazing, got really inspired, came back. And I think the first week I was back at work, I asked to have a day off a week, similar to what you're doing yeah, yeah. now, actually. I hope my boss is listening to this because it might be um, yeah, where I'm heading. Yeah, as I, as I was hearing on your podcast. So, I, yeah, I asked to do that just because I really needed to give this idea the space that it needed. And that one day, I treated it like a work day. Like I got up at nine mm. o'clock and I was on the computer and researching and that's how I developed a business plan. That's when the idea changed, like looking at a business plan, my goal for the Sweet Menno is to educate people about health um, and to create a space that's warm, welcoming and shows veganism in a really positive light. So just selling sweets and juices and smoothies in a takeaway style thing didn't really cut the mustard when that was my goal. So like I suggest anyone that's got some sort of business idea, Give yourself the opportunity to do a business plan because you really, even if it's just for your own clarity, it really cements what direction you want to go in and how you're going to get there. And like things just fell into place as soon as that was set in my mind. Like I finished the business plan, I think a week later, I came for a look in a sugar just to kind of see the vibe. And when I was writing my plan, there's a section in there that I talk about the space of the cafe and I was vis- I was thinking of a certain spot that I'd shopped in before which used to be a candle shop because yep. I was talking yeah, yeah. about something with character and I wanted it to be a cottage because it's in a chuka and all of that. Had about building houses yeah and yeah it's got to have soul so I was th- I was thinking of that space but I hadn't been to a chuka for ages and when I did go there and walked past I noticed it was vacant so it happened so quickly after that like found out who owned it um and I we kind of I think that was in December by January we'd would agree that that was going to be the location so that was january 2016 and it took months after that point um just with all the rigmarole and you know it's a heritage just a property and all of that so we didn't start renovating until june and then it was yeah june july august we were renovating september was very much all the cosmetic stuff at the end yeah finishing touches Um, yeah, yeah yeah and then october was Lots of tr- like lots of training and lots of trying to get the processes right, and then we opened on the 20th of October. Um, but this is probably where my marketing mind came in. Was uh, like I was talking to family and friends of mine about this whole journey, and they're like, was they were so engrossed in it mm. and really interested in it. And I thought I was just boring the crap out of everyone, but they're like, no, like I wouldn't have known you had to do all of these steps. So that's 
where I made the decision to share a lot of it online, yeah. which is what ultimately helped me have a strong social media yeah. following. Um, I just, I mean, I see it now when I see new businesses go up and they've just got newspaper covering the windows and you've got no idea what's going on in there. There's, they've got no social media presence. They don't even have a website. I kind of did the opposite to that. Like, adamant that there was going to be no newspaper we left the whole thing open like i had so many good conversations with people walking past while we were painting and whatever we were doing um so i i think that helps people feel involved especially in a small town yeah you know people just they're curious they want to know what's going on and the fact that it was a vegan cafe specifically just made it unique in itself yeah. anyway well that's authentic as well isn't it you're sharing mm. not just the good stuff but the bad stuff and i know i've read your blog and it's about when things go good and there's things that go bad in there and the criticism you've got and oh like you gosh. know little kind of um everything which is good yeah. because i think in this culture now especially you look at instagram and it's everyone's highlight reel so you kind of get a bit yeah. depresso sometimes look at how good everybody else's life is yeah. and if your life doesn't stack up or you're not sitting on a beach in europe you kind of get a bit a bit down about yourself but i want to go yeah. back to a few things you um touched on before that space having that one day off to reflect and plan and do you think in this day and age with everyone being so busy that there's so many creative ideas that people have out there that are just never going to get discovered just because life's going too fast for so many people yeah yeah like and for me it's a bit easier than others because i don't have a family but mm. having said that as well like you need to create the space for you to be able to do that like mm. I almost felt sad when I was talking to people, like people I know or I've known for years, and I'd talk about where I was up to with whatever I was doing, and they'd be like, that's so good of you that you're doing that. You know, I always wanted to be a paramedic, but I just never... And, like, they're doing something completely different. And so many people have these, like, unmet career aspirations. And, I mean, there's there's a certain risk involved and there's a certain... Like, there's so much fear involved in doing something like that anyway. But if the passion's there, that fear just dissolves because you know you're on the right path. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... I feel like it's kind of goes in, in line with we've got a... Like, we want everything and we want everything now. And, you know, you sort of... If you're giving up a day of working, you're obviously your financial position's going to change a bit. And whether you can, like, move your, your life around that is the mm. other thing as well. Yes. But, I mean, there's a quote that I love that's something like I make I make my desires less by wanting less or something like that like the decision that you know what I actually don't need all of this stuff um, I just need space to be creative and be happy and it's that whole minimalist movement like, yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen that documentary uh-huh. yeah like it's just yeah. we watch that and just like you know getting on buy swap and sell selling everything like yeah. the next day and just like well if we don't need to buy all this stuff to you know, keep us happy, even though it doesn't keep us happy, well, do you need to work five days a week? Or can that fourth day, or that fifth day be a day where you chase your passions and do actually what you want to do instead of, I think sometimes we think retirement's going to be this, you know, glory kind of this uh, promised land, but it's, you're going to be old and you're going to be frail and you're going to have maybe some money and you don't have to work, but you're not going to be able to do anything and Mm. live your life the best way you can. Yeah. And it's funny that you talk about the minimalist. I was, I was just talking to some of my staff about this, like before I was really getting involved in the business side of things in my old job, like I'd allow myself $200 a week to spend on whatever I wanted. And then everything else was all this other stuff that I had. Mm. Like it was, you know, gym memberships and pay this on the credit card because I bought all this stuff and I've got this beauty appointment and all this crap. Honestly, now I allow myself $200 a week 
and I don't have any of the other stuff. Yeah. Like I'm still living off what I was living off before. I just don't have that excess stuff that really didn't make me happy because I'm living with it now and I'm just as happy, if not more fulfilled. So yeah, I think we trick ourselves into thinking we need all of this extra Ah, oh, yeah, and the brand Stuff. new car and the yeah. bigger house and all those kind of things. If you just keep things simple, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Hey, you said you're you've got a bit of a responsibility and a bit of a goal to educate people, but you also said that you don't want to push those beliefs onto other people. So where's that fine line, line. between? <laughs> I've got all this knowledge, and I'm you know I'm yeah same thing. Watched a few documentaries, listened to podcasts, really yeah. just thought like this whole world opened up and mm. you now I've had blood tests um, when I've eaten meat in the past and my iron's been low and I've had blood tests off a plant-based diet and my iron's been higher so all yeah, those kind of misconceptions about better. you know yeah. protein and all that kind of stuff but we'll, we'll get into that later on some of the misconceptions but how do you juggle that I've got this knowledge you don't yeah I want to educate you to you know make you come into my store and enrich your life in a way without um, putting down or forcing it upon people mm. The way I find, the thing that I find safe is to just talk about the health aspects. Like I find with veganism, the environmental impacts and the animal cruelty are very polarizing. Um, so I, as much as like I'm so passionate about those, I choose to just not address those as much in my marketing messages. But in terms of health, I find it's easy for me to talk about my own experiences and just saying I feel good because um, of X, Y, Z and just... I never talk to customers as if you have to stop eating every single piece of dairy. It's more just, you know, minimize how much you are and then see how you feel. Like it's very, I have to like rein myself in because one thing I don't want to put people to feel is guilty or shameful yeah. for eating meat or eating whatever they eat that might not be in line with mine. But I mean, I've, I've seen what can happen when I share my opinions online, like I can get backlash so, so badly. And sometimes I think, oh, you guys, you're, you're following a vegan cafe. Like, but I mean, some of them are, some of them just see, see it online and comment back. So it's, I mean, I never want to feel censored, but at the same time, that's a, like, it's a business. So I have to, um, I, I do have to tread carefully, but there's lots of real legitimate studies. Like I, I sort of share things from people who work in that arena and, and probably have got that credibility that maybe mm. my own experiences don't have. But I just find if I always talk about my own, how I feel, and it's, it's less intrusive or less shameful on other people. Yeah. How do you uh, cope with, I found myself going down a rabbit hole today when I was on your Facebook page and <laughs> I've, uh, I've read your blog about serving hot chips before, but mm. I thought I'd revisit it. But the comments that some people wrote into that post. Oh, I got roasted. And then you, you find, I find, found myself today, like I'm down the rabbit hole, I'm looking at people's profiles I've never heard of, I'm kind of listening to their opinions when I don't know what they do for a job or how credible they are. How do you find, like mm. I'm sure that stuff comes on your phone and you think about it when you're driving home from work and yeah. where's that line between, okay, do I get into this conversation with this person or do I take it on board or do is it just straight out the window? No, well, I... um. It's interesting. I've met some of the most amazing people at Greater Shepherd and City Council. Like, there's some really talented people. And one of them said to me, who was in social media, um, he's actually got his own social media business on the side now, but Will's like, you need to let things self-regulate sometimes. From a council perspective, council gets smashed yeah, a lot online. Would, yeah. um, but he goes, there's, there's always going to be people that come in on your side or flying your flag, and you just need to let it, you just need to take a step back and let it, do its thing because people are always going to bite back if you 
retaliate, I guess if that's the right word. So when all of that was going down, I just had Will's voice in my head saying, you know what, just let it self-regulate because I have a really, like a message that was really against what I was talking about. But then someone would come in and say the opposite and it kind of evens out. It did in the end. Looking at all the comments, it kind of did even yeah, out. Yeah, but it's just, it's a little bit... Like, it's funny, the chef was joking because the next day he got to work and he's like, I didn't know if I'd get to work and see a dead animal on the porch <laughs> or, you know, you're causing trouble online. And, but the thing is, if I have to censor myself on my own blog, like, there's something wrong yeah. with that. And, I mean, I actually love that it gets a reaction out of people because so much of us just aimlessly scroll through our feeds mm. and nothing really triggers. Mm. But if people are in there talking about it and you take what you want out of it. Like, that's the thing with the written word. It can be misconstrued mm-hmm. a lot. And, you know, if, you, if you're seeing at it from one point of view, it's hard to, for me to kind of tell someone otherwise. Mm-hmm. Or like, no, that's not what I meant. Well, they read it in a certain way. So I just need to respect everyone has their opinions. But out of any of the negative comments I had for that particular post, there was only one person that I know I've seen in the i'd seen in the cafe before like the others i would never seen so i just think oh that's probably not the audience anyway but yeah and if that person was down the street saying those kind of things you'd ignore them and walk straight past them and you wouldn't give them the time of day whereas social media gives those people or you know it gives everyone a platform to put their opinion forward yeah and sometimes we get so caught up on um yeah some of those negative voices i know the same with the podcast you get you know a few little criticisms and you're you know, you're thinking about it three days later yes. and you're running and it's like, ah, oh, you know, but then you've just totally ignored the 15 good emails you got that same week of people giving yeah. you praise. It's just funny how the human brain focuses on those one negatives. Oh, yeah, I mean, you sound like, like us even with reviews because, I mean, everyone that has a smartphone is a reviewer and we've had mostly, like, overwhelmingly positive, but you'll we'll always have a couple of yeah. negative. And then now I try and see it as a lot of the time we can actually learn a lesson from that like if someone just says i didn't like the taste of that milkshake we can't really do anything about that like that's your own personal taste but one of the earlier negative ones we got was you know i got my drink and then five minutes later my friend did like that's that's our on us like we can improve that in like instantly you know so sometimes i think that there can be good stuff to come out of negative reviews but then other times i'm like oh that's just yeah that's just well i mean what i wanted to say to that you just don't like the taste of yeah, how, how can we change that? Like, I'm going to change a whole recipe for one person. So, yeah, because I've been pretty open with that on the blog too about oh, customers not liking and just being... I mean, what I think is rude. Like, yeah. I mean, I, there are places where I go to and I sort of think when I'm there, oh, I'm probably not going to come back here. But I don't feel a need to tell the owners that. Like, yeah. it's just... I'm like, oh, that's just not for me. Like, mm. I've never had any desire to write anything negative on any business's page, to be honest, mm. even if I've had not great experiences yeah maybe that's just because i'm a business owner now myself but i'm like oh if you can't say anything to them while you're there and if it's not going to help them like you said the five minute thing when yeah you guys are onto that you're like drinks going yeah. at the same time you work on that but if it's not going to be constructive yeah i just think oh, what, keep what, your mouth shut, yeah, yeah exactly hey um you've touched a couple of times you've said we like you're this planning and you've spoken to people do you have a really good support network of two or three people that their opinions are the ones that really matter yeah, yeah it's it's interesting actually how that's evolved like at the start i was asking every tom dick and harry yeah. you know what about this and what about that but now it's really just there's a few people that i tend to go to um my landlord's been awesome he's um an entrepreneur himself which i think he liked when he saw my business plan like he's got he 
he's got the paddle steam as in he, and he's kind of taken on risk so he can relate to that aspect of it as, as much as he hasn't really worked in hospitality and hasn't sort of had the staffing issues that i've had like the um the fact that it's a risk taking mm. and trying to manage cash flow and all of that sort of stuff has been awesome there's also a few is in it's such a supportive hospitality little network in Achuca. there's a few cafe owners who are just so happy to share info. Like I tend to go over to the odd captain a lot and talk to the boys there. And then the black pudding as well. Um, because it's just, I kind of need reassurance in my first year. Like, you know, about staffing and how many people to put on and how they do things. And, you know, do you give your staff free meals? Like all of that. Like I had no hospitality experience. And they've just been such good sounding boards as well. Um, and they kind of get swamped when they come in just to have lunch or something because I've got 300 questions. Um, and then there's also the staff as well. Like they've all worked in hospitality a lot longer than me. So it's good to have all those different workplaces that they've worked in and try and kind of incorporate the good things about the ones that they're at and what processes yeah, yeah. we can do. Because that is what I really, it's stupid as I sound, it sounds now. I thought the hard part of this would be the renovation. And then once we've opened, it'll just be smooth sailing. But it's actually the operational side that has taken the longest time to to feel like we've got, like that we know what we're doing essentially, that there's a bit of flow there. So give me more details on that. Like I'm a school teacher, I go to school, it's not a no, whole different world, just as hectic I'm sure sometimes, yeah. school kids and cafes, but what are some of those challenges around, you know, is it suppliers or staffing oh, or what is it? Yeah, a lot of, actually a lot of it was inventory and ordering at the start because Obviously, when you open, there's lots of buzz around that and then it kind of tapers off. But, I mean, we were, like, I was going to Safeway and and buying, like, green apples because we'd run out. And my family friggin' grows green (laughs) apples, you know, like, but it's not like I could drive half an hour and pick them up. And just really basic things like that. And it's the time. Like, I I hate having to go into the supermarket to buy just one thing. Like, I want to go in every second day and spend $100 there, you know. Um, And just only just recently with finally this sounds so silly finally finalized all the suppliers what i pay for each item like i've got kind of some a reference point because at the time it was just in emails and invoices and stuff everywhere um and then staffing was my other big thing well it's really staffing and cash flow are the two things that keep me up at night more just you know you either i either get it really wrong or i get it really right and i was just saying this to a customer the other day like it's like we open the doors, people are coming for breakfast and lunch, but we don't know how many and we don't know when they're, what time. Like, and to try and roster staff on where I need them is, is just, I'm constantly learning. Like, and one, what one of my cafe contacts have told me is just, you never just, like, don't beat yourself up for getting one day wrong. Like, always look at it across a week or yeah. a fortnight and you find that it's not such a huge stuff up if you're overstaffed. But, yeah, I'm very big on paying my staff fairly um i can't believe how many horror stories i've heard and just lots of stuff under the table and you know i've kind of done this to a point where i want it to look clean and and easy to follow and not people paying cat like none of that like i really just want it to be as legitimate legitimate as i can get it because i want it to be able to sustain itself um properly like are there non-negotiables with the staff like you got to be you know like you're also a front for plant-based living in a way aren't you like if you're working there so is that a bit of a first thing on the resume yeah no i actually i think you've got to be accepting of it and open to it but i actually love that there are some people there that aren't vegan because 
most of our customers aren't. So they can kind of talk about, oh, if you usually have dairy, this one's probably the closest. I mean, I haven't drank, I haven't had dairy for four years. Like, I honestly forget what the texture's like. I forget what it tastes like. Um, and it's also, it's good when we're t- testing dishes to get both the um, perspectives. Because yeah. I feel like your taste buds, my taste yeah, buds have changed. Right, and your gut health and yeah, what you yeah. think is tasty compared to... So, yeah, so I mean, our chef's not vegan, and as much as I joke with him about, oh, you know, we've got to get you vegan and all this sort of stuff, I like, like, I like that he's not because he can kind of tailor the dishes to suit the majority of people. Like, uh, there still needs to be flavour, it still needs to pack a punch. Yeah. Um, and my taste buds, like, honestly, they're not like the standard Australian person's taste buds. Like, I just, in terms of, you know, sugar content and salt and all this sort of stuff, so... I really feel like it works well to have both perspectives. But yeah, for me, it's honestly, it's about work ethic. That's my number one thing. And you can't tell that from an interview. Like I really need to trial people and test that out because like I go there to work. Like I want to be run off my feet kind of thing. So I want people that they get the buzz that we get when we're busy. But if we're quiet as well, they've also got that same like work ethic to still want to do things and still be busy. So that's my that's my non-negotiable like if you don't have a strong work ethic i've got no hours for you yeah, you know like it's yeah. yeah but that's and at the start we talk about this with a few of the business owners like i had this thing where oh you know i want everyone to like me all the staff to like me and i want to be friends with them all and that's kind of faded away now like i still want us to all to get along but when you're a boss and with an employer like there's a dynamic there that you just mm you have to respect as well. So, you know, and if I have to cut someone shift or if I have to let someone go and there's friendships involved, it can get really sort of yeah. messy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've at the moment I've got quite a, um, like I'm there pretty much all the time, but slowly, slowly I want to pull back a bit because I feel like I'm back where I was and I need that one day a week to be creative mm. and work on other business ideas that are going to bring us more cash flow in the long run like other project work and i can't do that while i'm at the cafe so yeah, getting run off your feet yeah i um i wanted to talk about some of the i guess vegan uh diet plant-based living you would have heard every single one of the misconceptions over the years um what's the biggest misconception that you hear all the time and how do you I guess we kind of spoke about it earlier. Like, how do you deal with mm. it without, yeah, stepping on people's toes a bit? Because I, you know, always, and sometimes I just don't even have the conversation anymore. Like, yeah. I won't speak to people about food, especially when you're a distance runner and you, you know, you weigh 57 kilos and people <laughs> tell you that, yeah, you're not eating enough and you need to yeah. eat meat and more meat and more chicken because you're not getting enough protein and all this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's just easier to say, yeah, I had five pieces of steak last week yeah, and leave yeah. the conversation than it is to um, get Defend into a conversation it. with someone who doesn't have the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, in my experience, it's, it's the protein question. Yeah. Um, and I always say back, can you please name me one person that's got a protein deficiency? Yeah. Because I've never heard of it. Um, but it's, yeah, so that's probably the biggest one. And I try and talk about, like, there are, there are some really well-known nutritionists that just most... Most doctors and nutritionists recommend eating more plants. Mm. Like, like you can't really deny that. Mm. Um, I mean, I like there was an article. I was going to share it on our Facebook page actually, and it was in the Herald Sun, and it was top five brain foods. There was salmon, and then the other four were plants. Mm. Like, it's just it's not this weird thing anymore. Yeah. It's actually quite mainstream. Um, but yeah, I just like I, I kind of it, 
I try and take the easy way out of it and say things like, oh, there's a really awesome documentary called Forks Over Knives. Like that goes into the science of it all. Like, yeah. because you take in all this information, but then I'm not an encyclopedia that can rattle off statistics yeah. and stuff like that. That's but what I find. I'm always like, oh, I wish I had yeah. that stat two hours ago oh, when I was having that conversation. Oh, so many of the staff tell me, oh, someone said, you know, asked about honey and I wish you were there to defend yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, I mean, sometimes you just got to let it go as yeah. much as it annoys you at the time but yeah i just kind of say to people oh there's some awesome documentaries like forks over knives and what the health and they talk about it in a bit more mm. in depth but yeah protein and calcium is the other one mm. um which i remember hearing tara talk about the calcium thing when she was yeah. on your podcast and you know how dairy can actually leach calcium from our bones yeah. so it's you know that sort of stuff you just you almost got to do your own research yeah. You know, I mean, I, I would love it if What the Health was on mainstream TV, but it's yeah. just never going to happen. Like, What did you think of What the Health? Did you think, uh, I watched it and I listened to their podcast and stuff, and oh, Cowspiracy Boys, they were on um, the Rich Roll podcast, like a really oh, good uh, hour yeah. and a half with Rich. And um, yeah, I kind of follow their Facebook page and it's a bit of that rabbit hole again. You kind of click on the comments and you think, what am I doing here? I'm listening yeah. to the people I shouldn't be. And, yeah. But what did you think of probably... Um, the style, the way it was produced, I guess. He's, I mean, he's a Kip. Kip, yeah, yeah, Kip, yeah. Kip, he's, he's even Cowspiracy is controversial yeah. and it's sort of, he poses questions and they kind of get uncomfortable, but I feel like that needs to be seen and it needs to be done that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like he's quite a passionate vegan himself and yeah. when, when you're that passionate, that's really, that's really kind of the tack that you go with. Yeah. But I just... I mean, I just, I've got to read an article. I saw something being sh shared recently from a vegan doctor kind of debunking myths about what the hell. So I feel like there's lots of okay. for and against that documentary, but it's getting people talking. Oh, that's it. When um, Miley Cyrus and William yes. Hemsworth are putting it on their Instagram, it's yeah. certainly going to get a bit of traction. Yeah. It's, uh, and those, I guess, it's just going to get, I was talking to a guy, I was actually talking to my masseuse today because I said you were coming over for a podcast interview and... He kind of said it's almost like you've seen five years into the future. Like you've got mm. this crystal ball and you're like, well, this movement's going to get bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And you were the one that started it in 2016. So yeah. is that kind of what you're you're banking on a bit in the way? You're like, I've got this. Just give me two years and everyone be coming in all the time. Yeah, well, it's actually interesting because so many people say to me, oh, oh yeah, because that's the trend right now, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Like when you're a hardcore vegan, it's like, no, but it's my lifestyle. Like... But I totally get that. Like, Matcha Milk Bar in Melbourne is, like, doing awesome. They're, that's three people who aren't vegan. But they've kind of seen the trend and are going with it. And I feel like, yeah, it, it kind of similar to that. I'm like, it's only going to get more mainstream is what my thinking mm. is. And, you know, as long as I market it in the right way, all, all it can do is, is grow. Um, because we're not, we're not getting any healthier. Like, oh, Australians yeah. aren't getting any healthier. And there's got to be something's got to click for people you know like it's and i was saying to, i had a guy come in today who's a rep in the pharmaceutical industry and i just thought it was hilarious that he was there and i'm like oh mate we've got totally different ideas about health but you know like we were talking and we've just said there's no money in health you know like yeah i haven't been to the doctor in three years yeah. like I, I only get blood tests every sort of six to twelve months and that's really it yeah. like so i just yeah I, as much as I want to push this agenda now. I feel like it's just going to naturally, people are going to be more open to it. And 
it's so good being in this job because you just speak to people who are vegan and they're just totally different walks of life oh. and different reasons for, for reaching that, that place in their lives as well. Oh. We were in Melbourne at Veggie Bar on um, Saturday mm. for lunch just on Brunswick Street there and if it's not evidence that eating a lot of plants and fruits and veggies are good for you, um, you look around that place, it's packed, everyone's got good skin, everyone yeah. looks healthy, there's yeah. not an overweight person in the room. Like it's a bit of a, you know, the fact that you can't, you got to wait to get a table in a massive plant-based cafe. It's not yeah. like they've only got 10 tables in there. It's, yeah, um, that's it. It's definitely a movement that's just going to keep moving. Like I don't think it's going to be two years later, let's shut up shop with um, plant-based and move on to something else. I think it's definitely heading in that direction. Yeah, because I mean, I've talked to some people who have been doing it for 30 years. 30 years and I mean I can't imagine how hard it must have been back then mm. now there's just so, so many more products and so much more knowledge but um yeah it makes me so happy when the cafes like our cafe is busy because most people just wouldn't even think of this but I'm like you know what they could have eaten somewhere where they'd be eating an animal and they're not and how many animals are we saving like I'm more about animal liberation yeah. um, and that makes that makes me happy and that pushes me to do more, even though I wouldn't really share that with people and go, thank you for eating here instead of having a steak, you yeah. know, like it's just... Save 50 cows today. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I just love that. Like, and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I feel like country Victoria, especially in Chuka, there's so many people here that are just already so much more conscious of that sort of thing. Mm. I, I just feel like it's the right time and the right place now and, and things like paleo and all these other sorts of lifestyles you know that can start like i feel yeah. like they, they kind of come and go but veganism vegetarianism have, have been around for mm. such a long time and yeah, yeah. well the evidence is there now like if you look mm. at it with no um i guess with clear eyes and no yeah i guess opinions already in your head like i can understand if someone's grown up in a dairy farm and it's mm. been the fifth generation and you kind of got that ingrained in you i can understand why a movement like this would be, wouldn't be appealing but if you just look yeah. at some of the stats it's um it's a bit of a no-brainer in a way it's kind of a yeah it's just there it's yeah. good evidence um i want to get on to you a bit more personal routines okay like a like morning routine give me what's a day in the life look like um it probably starts from the night before. Um, I actually turn my phone onto airplane mode at about eight o'clock, um, and I go to bed at nine o'clock, like yeah. nine thirty if I'm. So do I. Nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. nine thirty if I'm feeling adventurous, but and then I get up at about five. I actually like to. I don't call it meditation. It's more deep breathing. But for about fifteen minutes, where I'm actually still in bed but awake, I just focus on breathing deeply. Or like breathing in through one nostril and out through another like there's a certain word for it but i can't remember but it just kind of gets me centered for the day i'll wake up yeah at about quarter past five i actually get out of bed and i do this thing called oil pulling which i've talked about on my blog but it's essentially getting coconut oil and swirling it around in your mouth for about 10 minutes and then spitting it out um and i kind of i've heard about a few wellness experts doing it but then I find it's even helped with my teeth health, but basically in like old, old style medicine, they talk about the mouth being the center of where disease forms because you're either eating things that aren't right for you or you're speaking negatively, like, and just all of that kind of forms in the mouth. So yeah, it's quite interesting. And then that kind of gets, takes away the acidity basically and makes your mouth more alkaline. Yeah. Um, so I do that, spit that out. Then I have aloe juice, which we have a juice in the shop that's 
got it mixed with veggies and stuff but i just have a straight aloe juice that's kind of my supplement um, and then i try and alternate with a b12 supplement as well and then i love quiet time in the morning like i love to i especially now i'm adamant that i always have breakfast even if it's at 5 30 in the morning i'll either have a smoothie bowl or like oats a cup of oats um, and i sit there and i read like i don't even want to turn the tv on because of how early it is in the morning there's no one else awake and honestly it's like one of the only quiet times that i have um to myself and then i like to kind of be at the door at about 7 30 um and there's a lot of operational stuff that i do like you know load up out like from the orchard any produce i need go and pick up any bread i need get to the shop by 8 30 so my crew's already been there and set up and kind of on my feet basically from about 8 30 to 4 35. Um, then i'd insert this is where i do some form of physical activity i'm one of those people that loves exercising late afternoon and before i eat dinner i'm not like a morning exercise person i used to joke because greater shepherd and city council it's almost like it's run by triathletes like they're yeah, yeah, all yeah. really into fitness and they come into work and you know i just did a 15k yeah. run and i'm just like i just rolled out of bed guys yeah, like yeah. stop but um yeah so I, I like to go to the gym three times a week when i'm been really good and I do mostly strength-based training like I find it so easy for me to be lean because of the way I eat but I want to be strong as well so lots of like weight-based yeah. yeah and I might only do five minutes of cardio just to get the heart rate up um, and then I'll get home I'm lucky in that I live with my family still so mum dad and brother and mum's usually kind of cooked for me I sound like such a sweet rat <laughs> dinner's usually there honestly my ideal night is just having a shower ginger tea and reading a book like love it i probably turn the computer on and do about an hour of like office work you know scheduling social media doing the ordering all that sort of jazz which i'm trying to work into doing it while i'm at the shop yeah but that's just at like whether it's busy or not you know if it's a mm -hmm. quiet day i'll get stuff done if not i'm never going to ignore customers just so i can send a few emails so yeah. that's yeah, kind yeah. of yeah, and like, busy day. Oh, it's just, it's intense. And it's like, we've got two days off where we close the shop. And I've, I'm finding I'm still doing a lot of work stuff on those days, but some of it feels like work and others, other things don't. So I'm in this process of trying to, the stuff that feels like work, getting it onto a Thursday to a Monday day. And the stuff that's not, which is kind of like the more strategic stuff and working on other passive forms of, like income for the business yeah. all of that stuff is actually really interesting and i like doing that yeah. and i kind of can't do that like while i'm at the shop and it can be interrupted so yeah there's not a heap of downtime for me right mm. now i i love my drive to work and my drive home which is half an hour each way that's where i listen to podcasts yeah. so like, i do 20 minutes to tonga like 22 yeah. minutes and yeah it's, bit, it's not the best 22 minutes it's just <laughs> just yeah just that transition between being in one place and going to another and yeah it's almost like you get into the car as one person you get out of the car as a completely different person it's just perfect yeah and if i'm if i'm kind of wired up from a busy day at work just hearing people like tony robbins yeah. or just other people's podcasts like one of the girls that i work with got me into podcasts from the start and now i'm like wow this is such like why have i just not tapped into how this? long was this how long ago uh, i reckon probably three months ago oh yeah, yeah right. she, she kind of goes for a walk with it whereas when i walk i like to kind of immerse myself in the sounds and yeah look at the light yeah. and just be fully there but 
in the car I'm a drone like yeah. I'm just I'll daydream if I don't yeah. have voices to focus on yeah. so that's like one of my favorite parts of my day is listening to yeah. podcasts it's uh, and there's so much information it's like yeah. I've had mates who have just started listening to my podcast and then I almost feel like a fraud because I'm like Wait till you actually see all the other good podcasts that are out there. You're not going to keep listening to mine, but it's just that, yeah, it's been a bit of a gateway for people to get into podcasts. And, um, yeah, just so much content. Like, people that you'd pay thousands of dollars to go see, keynote speeches are putting them up for free. Like, you can educate yourself on, yeah, everything and anything on, um, yeah, just through your headphones while you're driving to work. It's a pretty amazing world that we live in. Hey, um, B12, anything to supplement? Yeah, I, I kind of touch and go with iron a little bit. And the only reason I need to supplement with iron is if I'm being lazy with my diet, like as in not getting enough variety. Like it's so easy to cook a pasta dish instead of soaking beans overnight and doing all this sort of stuff. But I've, I kind of can know when I'm a bit low in iron because I just feel way more tired. So I kind of have it for a month and then maybe don't have it for a couple of months and then take it again. Like, but I, I really don't want to rely on supplements. Mm. But at the same time, like B12, like that's, yeah. that's the best way to do it. Well, just the oils, di- uh, not the oil, the soil is so different now. Yeah. That um, yeah, you kind of have to, isn't it? Did you ever wear a um, fitness tracker at work? I'd love to know how many steps you, I how many Ks you cover I don't day. actually. It's funny now, like the first few weeks I was just exhausted because I was doing an office job. Now I feel like if I'm sitting down at home for a day, I'm like, I feel like I haven't really done oh, anything. Like and it does your head and your back's like, I'm the same. I'm like, yeah. Thursday, if I spend a lot of time on the computer, it's just your back sore and yeah. you just feel, you almost feel tired from doing less. Like it's, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. And so many people do it. Like how many people sit at offices or sit at desks all day and just, yeah. that's what probably, um, yeah, I guess our community and the health and the long-term impact that's going to have on our health system is, um, yeah, it's scary. Mm. Hey, um, how do you switch off? I know, like, you talked oh, about putting man. your phone on airplane mode and stuff, and you've got that 25 or half an hour, minute, half an hour drive home, but, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business and you're looking for other ways to get cash coming in, your mind just must be ticking yeah, all that's, the time. Yeah, that's just one thing that I really hope I can overcome. Like, we closed for four days over Christmas, and I think it took till the fourth day for me to stop to really relax mm. you know like it it takes a lot for me to like I don't feel like I ever really switch off my mind's constantly going and that's not really a good thing mm. I don't think yeah. I feel like you know you produ- like all the hormones you're producing and all of that yeah. um, but it's more about like I, I need to just live in the now more because a lot of the stuff that I'm worrying about is not really affecting me right now like there's no reason I have no reason to deal with it right now you know I, I need to just trust that I'll be able to face it when it yeah. If, if, or your and when. Like, yeah, 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 you know, so it's, and I've just kind of got some time off planned. It's four days again, and it's actually away, like it's in Queensland. So I'm really, really going to try to, from day one, just let it go. Because I, like, I also feel like it doesn't give my staff a chance to step up if I'm constantly mm-hmm. checking in and worrying. Like, you know, I, that kind of gives them a bit more. So like responsibility yeah. and they're just going to be like I feel like they'll rise to the occasion and they've got way more experience than what I do but yeah whether or not that goes hand in hand with an entrepreneur like most people that I talk to always say the same thing and I feel like because I'm doing it by myself and I don't have a business partner that kind of just 
that responsibility almost magnifies it. It's it's more on your shoulders in a way. Like the thing that I loved about council, if the computer broke, there's an IT department. Or if I've got a like a accounting issue, I can put it through to finance. Whereas like that's me now, you know, like if the phone's not working like it was on the weekend, it's me. And if something smashes, it's me. Like it's it always ends up being to me but then that's the reason why i'm doing it as well like you got my own boss and yeah you know you got to take the good with the bad but do you think um i've just listened to a bit of like gary v and he's always about where have i read oh yeah i think i follow him on instagram yeah Yeah. and he's full on like you got to be grinding working super hard da 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 like there's that side of that entrepreneurial kind of stuff and there's that also as you said like hormones and sleep and like, yeah. yeah, you can grind away, but what's the long-term effect going to be or what's the relation effect on your relationships at that time going to be? And does that stuff come into your mind? Yeah, well, I'm actually, I've just started working with a business mentor who is a psychologist by trade, which is an awesome matchup really yeah. because there's so much thinking and fear-based stuff going on. But I honestly feel like with me, and this is my own beliefs, but I've finally realized that I actually feel guilty if I'm not working like a dog, like I feel guilty if I'm doing something for myself and not working on the business. And that's my own self-imposed belief. So, but that's not healthy though, is it? No way. So, I mean, part of what I didn't even mention it in my morning routine, I will always say affirmations, Yeah. but my, my affirmations change depending on what I feel like I need. Like when I was opening the business, it was all about, you know, I let go of fear and, you know, the, the future is like all this sort of stuff. Now that I've actually got the business, it's more about abundance is everywhere. Like I really need to get into the belief that success is not just all like cash flow can't just come from one source, you know, like it's, it's everywhere and there's enough time for me. Like abundance can refer to money and to time. Like for me, that's my yeah. truth. And just letting go of that guilt of, feeling like I always have to be on. Yeah. So it's silly because it's so self-imposed. Like Everything is in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Like it and, and some of these things aren't real. Like it's money was decided upon by a culture and we value it, and but yeah. it's not real. Like it's... Yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's there. Like, it's it's just, there and it's something we use, but yeah. it's not an... Yeah, it's an interesting um, philosophy, I guess, to kind of try to get rid of that stuff because mainstream media is trying to throw that stuff... You know, success is owning your own house and yeah. having your own business and all yeah. these kind of um, all these kind of things. Hey, um, I want to get on to your role models. Who do you look up to, and anyone in particular? Biographies that are sitting in your bedroom that you always uh, get back to, or yeah, free roll. Yeah, I, like there's lots of I seek inspiration from a lot of people, um, but yeah, I feel like there's no real one role model that I sort of identify with really like there's lots of books that there's a few books that I just love and find myself rereading one is called women who run with the wolves and her name's Clarissa it's some Spanish last name I can't even pronounce but that I was just saying to a group of girls the other day like that is the reason why I have my own business is from reading that book and she just really big on women like going out into the woods, so to speak, to find their creative freedom and not being scared to do that and following your intuition. So I feel like that's really been embedded in me. Um, and then there's a few business women, like people like Samantha Wills, who is a jewellery designer, who's been very open in her journey about getting from where she was to where she is. 
Um, and she was like $80,000 in debt. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing too bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's like, and she's got like this Samantha Wills Foundation now when she talks about like owning your own business and just taking away the, like there's so much kind of bullshit around owning oh. your own business as in you, like if you don't know, you think that person's, they've, they've got lots of money and they've got the life and there's so many sacrifices that you yeah. make. And she's really open about those. So I really like following her journey. I just feel like she's really real about the whole thing. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, in terms of motivational speakers, I love Wayne Dyer, who's since passed away, but he's just, he's all about peace. And yeah, I find his voice so calming and I try and just sound stupid when I'm in a really like tough situation. I just think, what would Wayne say? Like, what would he, what would he do? But they're probably the people that are trying monitor what they're doing and what they're saying and yeah you spoke about all the um the kind of rubbish in the industry sometimes and the misconceptions but do you find that about the wellness industry as well there's so much fluff and it looks so good and really it's not like it's Mm. just a big it's almost like that's become a new industry of let's suck everyone in with this big word wellness yeah oh big yeah that's kind of touching on the fact that oh you know it's a it's a trend yeah and i'm just like oh it's You've really got to, especially veganism, you've got to go into it 100% really if you're going to be, if it's going to have longevity. Um, but yeah, I feel like everyone's trying to get on the wellness train. Like you hear things like, oh, bone broth's really in or this or that. And I'm like, oh, guys, I think we're just getting a little bit too... But it's even supplements. Like take this supplement yeah. for your wellness and you're like, well, if you're doing this stuff right, you wouldn't need the, yeah, I feel the like magic if, pill. If your diet's um, as complete as it can be, you, d- you generally rely less on supplements. Um, so yeah that's why i'm really hesitant to even stock them on our shelves like i just think oh no i want people to get back to i mean the real superfoods are fruits and vegetables like you know it's your carrots and your kale and your silver bean and all that stuff that you can find in your groceries like it's not the 50 dollar acai powder as much as it can flavor something it's like don't base your diet around that sort of stuff yeah, and it's that old marketing. Like, no one's marketing broccoli or kale. No. Like it's, you know, it's getting pulled out of the ground and they're selling it and that's all it is. Like, there's no big chemist warehouse promotion around broccoli. Uh, I always say I, like, um, I'm kind of the spokesperson for fruit. Like, you know, especially this I quit sugar movement. And, um, I mean, fruit can inflame a lot of issues. But, I mean, one thing with fruit that I learned early on is that it's best to eat it on an empty stomach. Like, that's how your body digests it the yeah. best so if you've eaten a really big lunch meal and what we what we do here in australia is like bring out a fruit platter for dessert and it's got watermelon which is like 97 percent water yeah you really need to eat that on an empty stomach but instead you eat it when you've got a full stomach and then you're like oh i'm bloated like i'm bloated that watermelon made me bloated and it's like no yeah, it's, like, not the it's, not, it's not its fault like you just didn't eat it the way it should be eaten so i feel like there's lots of um misconceptions about Mm. fruit as well like in general well it's even like this internet day and age that you can find a study to almost support everything like yeah fruit's no good for you but this is and this isn't and like yeah that's a bit of the movements up against as well because someone will dig in and especially with the funding for you know factory farming and the dairy industry and all those kind of things yeah there's so much money behind the scenes um going into it all that it's you know, people are paying for studies to be done to prove this is right, even though yeah. there must be a massive grey area as well, or asterisks next to every bit of the study. It's, um, it's yeah, an interesting world we're living in. You know, I always say to people who who supported that study, like, really, we've got mm. to be so almost like devil's advocate a lot of the mm. time. But 
yeah it's it's that's just the world we live mm. in now hey with there's just something to counteract everything and it is really confusing for consumers and one way of life might work for someone and then someone else will have a really horrible time so it's kind of yeah hard to ju- judge and especially when they're not long-term studies yeah. like it's um yeah, it might be good now. It might have worked in three weeks, but what's the long-term That's effect it. on our health? Hey, I know you're uh, pretty had a big day, but I've only got a few more questions. So no, oh good. <laughs> get you, get you out. I could talk about this stuff all day long. Yeah. Um, what worries you the most about our current society and culture here in, I guess, Atuka, Australia, the current situation we're living in in 2017? About health specifically? Yeah, anything, yeah. I just feel like... I was talking about this today, actually. I, I really appreciate Western medicine when it comes to, say, if I've had a car accident, I need to have surgery, I need to be fixed up, you know. But in terms of disease management, I feel like it's just so reactive instead of preventative, you know. Like, GPs and doctors know their stuff when it comes to pharmaceuticals, but in terms of trying to kind of guide people on how to even prevent being there in the first place. I just don't think it's there. Mm. And it almost comes from consumers. I feel like people just want a quick fix. Like they just want a pill. I feel sick. I'm going to go on antibiotics. Mm. It's like, no, what's really the cause of what's going on here? Like I've got at the, I kind of get eczema and it flares up sometimes it's flaring up now. I mean, I know I could go to the doctors and get cortisone cream and I'd probably clear it in three days. But to me, that's a band aid. Like, yeah. My eczema's flaring up because I'm inflamed. Like, and why am I inflamed? I'm probably thinking too much. I'm probably worrying too. Like, yeah. L- like, let's get back to the root causes. Like, I just think I just want to shake people sometimes. You know, they just, yeah. you know, health has got to be more preventative. Like, uh, diabetes, for example. Like, our healthcare system is going to be screwed. The rate that people are, like the obesity rate and the diabetes is through the roof. Yeah, like um, yeah. Put another twenty years on top of that, and it's going to be the norm yeah and i can't remember what the statistics were but i think it was less than 10 percent of those kinds of diseases are hereditary or genetics based but lots of people will use that oh you know well my genetics and i'm like oh but really like the environment plays such a huge role and i feel like people just need to take responsibility and like i feel so empowered like when i get my when i get a cold i'm just like well what am i sick of like i'm sick but what am i sick of you know i love that I have the power, I got myself into that state yeah. so I can get myself out of that state. Um, and the more we just ignore that, the serious these illnesses we're going to get and they just compound. Oh, and What scares me the most is the antibiotics that the animals are being fed because of the disease and where they're living to like yeah. get them. Like, yeah, they're talking like, you know, a big superbug's going to come through and the antibiotics aren't going to save us because we're so immune to them because of the food we're eating and the way we're putting them in, into our bodies. Yeah. As it is, like it's yeah. just um, it's frightening. Yeah, it, it is. could wipe us all out. Hey, um, Sweet Meadow, yourself, where's it going to be in five, ten years? Oh, What's well, the plan? That's an interesting question. Um, lots of people, like I always joke and say, the Sweet Meadow is like my baby, and I feel like that, like people come in and like, when's the next one? Like, mm. we do one over here yeah. and do one in this in town. In vineyards in Moama, I reckon it'd be, yeah. it'd be nice out there. Yeah, well, I was like. And it's funny because, you know, maybe in five to ten years more likely, but I would love to do another location, maybe not called the Sweet Meadow, but in somewhere like central, like I always say that this is like the trifecta of where I want to live, but between Kite and Dalesford and Trentham, just somewhere a little bit closer to Melbourne, but still in the country. 
I could see myself doing something else and it's always just going to be plant-based because I'm plant-based, but maybe just a little bit more industrial looking or I always obviously see the end result rather than the specifics. But um, yeah, so I could definitely see the potential in doing another location. I'd really love to kind of use the Sweet Meadow brand for other kind of different arms of the bit. Like I'd love to kind of get a juice cleanse happening with like team up with a nutritionist someone that's kind of knows their stuff in that area and do like three-day programs and only kind of say in spring or as we get into winter just certain times of mm. of the year i'd i'd love to see a sweet meadow book with some of chef phil's recipes in there because it's just yeah I've, i feel like people need to kind of learn a bit more like make that the norm no you know not just have meat free mondays but do yeah, yeah, you know yeah. three to four days a week with no meat like not just oh, yeah we need a piece of animal protein on the plate for it to be a meal um and this is really like out there but i would love to see like a fragrance the sweet meadow too like oh. i'd love to there's a can't really pronounce it it's lelavo or lelavo yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. a high-end uh fragrance brand that is vegan which is very rare in the fragrance industry. Yeah. Like they all test on animals and, you know, yeah, yeah. it's all those big luxury brands, but those guys are vegan. I'd love to just team up with them and do something. So I could, yeah, I mean, the, when I was thinking the Sweet Meadow, I, like it's a company. I made a company, mm. I've trademarked, like the whole works because I just feel like this could grow into something bigger. But at the same time, I'm not attached to anything either. You know, I mean, maybe I'll sell it in five years. Maybe I'll, I'll just get a manager and I'll just have it there. Mm. Like, I'm really open to mm. wherever it leads because five years ago, if someone said to me, you're going to be vegan and you're going to have your own cafe, I would have been like, bullshit. Yeah. I'm not serving people. Like, we're Albanian. I have to serve people at home, you know. Like, I'm not doing that for a job. But, yeah, it's just funny how, yeah. like, where life takes takes you. And I think that's good. No? Like, everyone, you know, some business people, you got to have your five-year, ten-year plan, but... Life yeah. just gets in the way and opportunities come and the world changes and jobs that weren't jobs five years ago yeah, no. and now jobs. Like it's, um, yeah. yeah. And like, my, like Wayne Dyer says, be open to every, anything but attached to nothing. And I feel like that's how I am with this business. I'm open to wherever it goes, but it's not like I've got it in my mind. Like even the only thing I had in, in kind of concrete in my mind was years one and two were all about brand building. Mm. Um, and then by year three is when I want to kind of start making some money rather than just sustaining ourselves. Like I was, I think I'm quite realistic yeah. with most people just in terms of how much you invest in the business to start with. I knew I wasn't going to make that back in 12 months, but yeah, yeah it's just more about like, I feel like we're only scratching the surface. Like we get people coming from Melbourne, literally coming from Melbourne to Echuca to eat at our cafe and then they go home. And you hear that a lot with restaurants, mm. like there's destination restaurants, but destination cafes are a lot more rarer, mm. you know, and, and that's just like a few people in Melbourne, like there's so many more vegans in Melbourne and like we travel for food, mm. you know, because we want to have choice and like be surprised and, you know, all of that stuff. So I feel like, oh, there's so much, I could take this so much further. Yeah. Well, even just doing a bit of travelling the school holidays down to Geelong and through Dalesford and yeah. we're getting on our phones and stuff and it's, this isn't there yet. Like yeah, do yeah. you sometimes think like, I've got to get in here, like I've done it, I've pulled it off in a way, I've, well, you've established it. Yeah. Do you ever think like, yeah, I guess you kind of touched on it before, like the, the needs there, but the, um, the services aren't yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And like, People kind of say, oh, quickly, you've got to do it now. Like, now's the time. But I'm like, oh, I feel like if I 
market it properly it's it's gonna work wherever i yeah. feel i mean dalesford's actually a really good area because it's um a lot of them are in same-sex relationships so they mm. don't have lots of kids their inc- like disposable incomes higher there's lots of like melbourne traffic oh, there's even a buddhist school there like, yeah, yeah like it's very yeah it's forward yeah. thinking yeah. so but it's a town of six thousand people yeah you know so it's yeah it, for me it's about putting the right product in the right place mm. so much like it's so much about location mm. but i just feel like hearing stories from other business owners they've tried to expand too soon too, yeah. in their journey so Don't i'm a, a little yeah. bit cautious of that because i just want this i want to spend time with this baby as they say and then once that's old enough to walk then i can kind of look elsewhere but i mean it might not be a cafe like maybe i'll go and do ceramics and make ceramics in the shop and do like i'm just so open yeah. to wherever what does success look like at the end of the day uh, honestly my success is more about time and i've been talking about this with my business mentor and it's like time to create like if i have days where i can just work on my creative pursuits whether it's photography or it's making something or and then have a business on the side that's making me a bit of money like that's all I really yeah. want. Like, I don't want for a flashy car or a huge house, as we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. Like, something modest will really suit me. I feel like this has this whole journey has just taught me that I really don't need a lot to be happy. Like, I just need to be creatively fulfilled. And then it's amazing how much that can improve the rest of what's going on in my life if that box is ticked, so to speak. Yeah. So it's never been... As much as I've got a figure in my mind in terms of like money per week that's not what fuels me at all but you'll get to that one and then you'll go wow an extra 200 would be nice or an yeah. extra 400 okay let's and you just keep putting that pressure you see with people working all the time when yeah. i make x amount of dollars i'll be happy yeah or when i have this house i'll be happy and two yeah. weeks later they're not happy like it's yeah, and it's interesting it's i think like i did a little bit of work at a um, accounting firm for a while and i read a study there that was like your happiness increases with your salary once you hit about 75 77,000 yeah. a year and then it doesn't necessarily increase the more you make and then what's well, totally separate study talks about small business owners and on average they make about 70 to 75,000 yeah. so I'm just like oh that's quite interesting that they kind of marry up together yeah it's unreal I um, always wanted to be a principal of a school yeah and then was on this kind of leadership journey and kind of deputy principal and all those kind of things moved to a smaller school to chase that dream and you go to um, principal meetings with all the principals and deputy principals from all the schools. Yeah. And you just, everyone's just so stressed. And like they're making, you know, people are making huge amount of money. Yeah. But the quality of life is just, there's probably not one person I sit there and look at in those meetings and say, I'd swap places. Like mm. it's, they can't have the time to exercise. They've got, you know, the phone's going off at all hours of the night. Like their stress levels are so high. Yeah. Which, you know, then they sacrifice their diet and which I always think is a cop out that people say, I don't have time to eat healthy. Oh, like, well, God. it's probably yeah. the only thing that's going to keep you alive. But yeah, anyway, it's, it's um, like, it's a burden. It's yeah. a burden to eat healthy. I'm like, how can you do anything else well in your yeah. life? And that's like, a, almost like a self-care thing or a self-respect thing. Like you deserve to spend time to make yourself something or learn about it or treat yourself to go yeah. out somewhere like that's going to feed you properly yeah i did a speech in a school today and it was um i always ask the kids to think of five things they really value so this is like 10 and 11 year olds and so oh, kids yeah. put up their I hand and say that, yeah. you know minecraft or that trophy i've got and i kind of trick them a bit because i put heaps of photos on the slide of 
a trophy and people say your family and all that. Yeah. But I haven't, um, I've only probably done it in maybe six or seven schools. No one has ever said health and that's on the next slide. So yeah. I say if you haven't got your health, you don't have the iPad or you don't have the trophy. Yeah. You can't hang around your family because you might not be here kind of thing. And it's just funny that we live in a world where we sacrifice so much of our health for things that don't matter unless we have our health there. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Hey, final question. I always ask the, um, the last question is, every guest gets this question. Do you have a mantra or a quote or a life philosophy that I know you've probably I've read that you've had. I've got a few. A few but I've could got you a few. can What's you give my me favorite? one? Probably there's this. It's so hilarious. There's this like fourteenth or fifteenth century poet called Rumi. Yep. Who's actually an Islamic poet, like a Muslim poet, and he's got this quote that says, "You know, we we run around searching for the diamond necklace that's already around our neck, or that we're already yeah. wearing around our neck," and I love that because it's to me it's like we already have everything we need to be happy and fulfilled. It doesn't come from an external yeah. source. Like, and just always look within yourself. I'm such a like independent thinker and always put, put it back on me. Like, what am I doing to fill this situation? And I'm just like, yeah, every time I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, hang on, I can change this. Yeah. I can change the way I see things. So yeah, probably that one. Um, and there was also, I loved one, Robin Sharma, I think, said it. Like, don't live the same life 75 times. Don't live the same year 75 times and call it a life. Yeah. That's kind of like that whole Groundhog Day thing that I was having going on. And, you know, I love that in five years' time, I actually don't know where yeah. I'm going to be. Like, I find that so exciting. Um, and it's not going to be the same. as what You, yeah. you guarantee that it's not going to be the same. Whereas people, yeah. there's so many people that it is going to be exactly the same as what they're doing. Yeah. 2017. And that's sort of, that just scares me. Like, that kind of... That terrifies me more than not taking risks is having this really unfulfilled life, which I was in the trap of doing that because honestly, like, that's the thing I've struggled with the most as an entrepreneur. Like, if I was in marketing, if we sold two tickets to a show, we sold 200, I was going to get paid the same. Whereas as a business owner in cafe, it's, you know, if we only sell two meals a day, that's huge ramifications for me, myself, even though all my staff are going to get paid. So... Yeah. But but I take it because I'm I'm chasing that creative fulfillment. Like and f- for me, that's number one. So oh yeah, it always look back and because that risk can be scary. And I get like just mm. dropping one day of work. That was like a right. How am I making money? Am I doing <laughs> yeah. speaking in schools or trying to get sponsored on the podcast or what? Yeah. You can't, but then you get there and like you don't notice. I don't know. Like it's not. I haven't taken the big jump like you have. But yeah. it's um yeah imagine if you didn't like this mm. podcast wouldn't exist if i didn't take that one yeah. day off work or yeah. i might not be running the times i am now because i was sacrificing training or my health or it's um and even like you know having issues with you know um hormones and iron levels and mm. stress levels and like it's just like well you kind of can't measure that sometimes well you can with blood tests and stuff but um yeah, yeah you always wonder how much grinding away and having that safe lifestyle mm-hmm. um, can what hurt you in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for your time. Where can people uh, follow you online? You do a very good blog, do a very good social media kind of yeah, well, campaign. That, What's the... Uh, that, I don't was know. It, that was the only thing I knew going into it. was like, oh, no, at least the marketing's right. Like, I don't know how to run a business. But, um, you yeah, know, probably the most active we're on is Instagram, which is just at The Sweet Meadow or Facebook. Same thing at The Sweet Meadow. And I will... Yeah, I... I do blogs when I, usually when I feel fired up, if a customer said something to me that I can't say anything back, I'll just get on the blog. So 
Yeah, I mean, there's. Um, I like to share stuff online because I feel like it's interesting and consistency is key with online, mm. like social. Like you can't just put things up once in a while and expect people to see it. Like I want a conversation with yeah. with our followers. We'll put all those uh, handles and links and stuff in the show notes. And yeah, yeah awesome. once again, uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, we could, thanks, Brady. We could have a chat any uh, time about all that stuff, I reckon. Thanks, yeah, Asia. Awesome.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.